Welcome to the Be Bold in Business podcast. My name is Samantha Hearn and I'm the host of this amazing channel. I wanted to bring you a place where you hear from myself and other amazing inspirational business people on their journey to the success they've created. I wanted to bring you the offline journeys to the online successes that we see on social media. I want to create a place where you hear the struggles people have been through, the challenges, the lessons they've learned, the mistakes they've made, so that you know that ordinary people can create extraordinary things every single day, and that it's totally possible for you too. The Be Bold in Business podcast is a place where you are going to hear real, genuine, warts and all stories from some of the most exceptional people in business and how they succeeded anyway. If you are ready to show up in your business, if you are ready to be bold, if you are ready to learn from your mistakes, if you are ready to bounce back and become more resilient, this is the podcast for you. And me, Samantha Hearn, I cannot wait to welcome you, support you, empower and inspire you and share with you the stories that sometimes don't get shared online and give you this real refreshing approach on how building a business sometimes can be hard, sometimes involves failing, sometimes involves struggle, but you can still succeed anyway. So welcome to the Be Bold in Business podcast, and I cannot wait for you to take your invitation to be bold in your business too. Okay, we're here for another masterclass slash podcast episode. So what I'm going to do as usual is tell you the theme go through the five core things that you're going to learn from this session with our amazing guest expert and then introduce her so you can have a little chat with her as well so this this episode is quite specific so this will really help you for a number of reasons so the title is managing being a single mum or a mum and also running a thriving business how can you do both of these things so if you are a woman that is a mum you're going to be a mum, you have children, you're, you're a step parent, this could be really perfect for you if you want to learn how to find balance with that and your business. The five things that we're really going to focus on with our guests today and give you some insights for are number one, how do you find balance between managing your family life and your business? Number two, what is her one biggest piece of advice to a woman in business who is also a mum? Number three, how do you compartmentalize so is this difficult how do you feel about this and what things can you do to separate yourself from mum life family life business life serving number four has becoming a mum impacted the way that you do business and this would be really great for you to hear her opinions and insights and that might change the way that you see yourself with your business and and what's going on and and the type of business only you want to be and number five what self-care practices does this guest embody to ensure that she makes time for herself, which I'm sure you're going to be listening to thinking, I need to freaking do that. So that's what we're aiming to achieve from this podcast slash masterclass today. Uh, But before we get started, we need to find out who we're talking to. So hi, Rosie. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Do you want to let everyone know a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes, so I'm Rosie. I'm a self-love and happiness coach. I'm also a mum of two, Ezra, who is just about to turn five as we're recording this, and Mila, who's two. So my kids are very little as we talk. Um, and I, yeah, run my own business. I do some freelance work in there as well. Life is very, very busy, but my main aim is to ensure that I balance life and become the best mum I can be, but also serve the women that I work with in the best possible way. So yes, I'm very excited to talk about that today. Yes. And also because what you do 
with your women around self-love, happiness, fulfillment. I think this is such a good topic to, to balance the two areas, you know, mum life, having kids and also how you make time for yourself. Absolutely. I think I may be at a slight advantage because I have to kind of practice what I preach <laughs> and everything <laughs> for my clients to do. I'm like, I need to make sure I actually keep that in check for myself too. So it's, it's always kind of a constant reminder for me about that balance and making sure I'm not burning out, which I think is very easily done. Yeah, definitely. So, and as we record this, I'm about to become a mum, but when you listen to this, my human baby will already be on the outside. So that's a very weird concept right now. They're living inside my tummy. But when you're listening to this, they're going to be very truly live and kicking. <laughs> it's so the perfect timing. It really yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. I'm really excited for this because I do think that a lot of the time, and it's with anything, I wouldn't necessarily say this is just with parenthood, but with anything that someone has an opinion on, it can become quite negative, you know? So whether it is being a mum, whether it is running a business, whether it's having a part-time job, when we look online, sometimes you can often hear more about the struggles than you do the balance or the positives or the solutions. So I really hope that from our conversation, of course, we're going to talk and be really honest about it, but I do want it to be a source of solution for people and a, and a place they can come back to and think, Rosie mentioned this, and this would be really helpful for me. Um, because I think sometimes that's what we lack, you know, with social media, we, we, we end up down rabbit holes and that's not always helpful. I totally agree. And I actually think, I'm, you know, from what I share on social media, I'm always very open about when I am having a bad day, but I think it's really important to share when things are good and the positives. A good example here, as we're talking about motherhood is breastfeeding. Everyone told me how breastfeeding was going to be really horrible and painful and awful because people tend to share their painful stories because we, you know, we do. I had the best experience breastfed both my children for a year each had no problem with it at all but I very much went into it with thinking this is gonna be really hard because I've only ever heard these hard experiences and I think it's good to have like you say that positive or try and think about it from a positive perspective of what actually can go right and what can you do to make it work rather than just naturally we, we do hear about the, the harder parts of it all the time. Yeah, you're so right. And I think even, and then we'll dig into this, but a perfect example, one of my friends, um, she's got a three month old now um, and she's having a blast. You know, she's a dream. The baby is a dream. And obviously you can't predict that, but it is quite nice to be around someone that is enjoying it and isn't just talking about get sleep and you, you know, your life will be over and you'll have restless nights and you'll never get to live your life again. And all your fun is down the pan. And, you know, all of these comments that usually women make, not men, it's usually the women, um, when you are about to embark on this journey and you, you, you do then have this overwhelming feeling of, wow, shit, like this is, you're just bombarded with all of this. And to be surrounded by someone that then has a positive experience, of course, that's not everyone, but it is quite nice for the balance. And I think that's what we're trying to achieve with this conversation, just balance, you know, like, like Rosie said, she's going to share with you the tough times, but I really, I'm so passionate, and I know you are too, from balancing that so that people don't just hear one side, you know, they've got different perspectives, different tools, different techniques, and ways that they can support themselves positively. 
a hundred percent and I think we also hear so much negative that in your mind you think oh well I'm more likely to fail at running my own business because I'm a mum because I'm already on the back foot because everyone talks about and I know how hard motherhood is and stuff like that whereas actually it's good to hear the other side of it it doesn't matter that you can make all of that work for you and I know when we worked together specifically and something we'll probably talk about later is creating your own route through business life is different when you have children it's not going to be the same blueprint that you have if you know maybe you're 21 no commitments in other areas of your life and you can go full in and and look at your business differently but finding your own way that works for you is possible and I think it's good to have that balance and hear about it yeah for sure I think let's dive in then so because we've mentioned balance a few times so whenever we do (laughs) these episodes uh, whenever I bring people on and it's kind of this like masterclassy vibe I always think what would someone benefit from most um so these five topics um you know I've sort of sat down and thought about but the first thing I would love for you to just explore with us is do you have any strategies or things that you have done since starting your business to enable you to make sure that you have balance between the amount of time you're with the kids, the amount of time that you're working, the amount of time you have time off, all of it really. Have you done anything specifically to try and make sure that balance does feature in your family life and business life? I have had to be quite strict on this. I think I have a few times fallen into the trap where I'm trying to do everything. And I think there's a tendency um not only when you work from home but when you run your own business it's very easy to just do it all the time um you're you know especially in my business I'm the person that does everything so if something doesn't get done it doesn't get done like there's nobody that I farm that out to it's it's all me um and so there's quite a lot of temptation sometimes like, oh, I'll just pick up my laptop or I'll just pick up my phone or I'll just do whatever and I've learned that the hard way and that I have made those mistakes and I have got to points where I'm thinking do you know what I'm not content with how I'm being with my how present I'm being with my children and I'm not content with what I'm achieving in my business because actually I'm trying to do all of it all of the time and that doesn't work mm-hmm. so I think for me I've had to be quite hard on myself and I've had to really structure it so Um, I'm a planner and organizer anyway and I think that's been a big part of making my business easier for me I think you actually you feel like you're doing things all the time but I think you're actually making it harder for yourself by not really planning what I'm doing necessarily or just falling into that trap like I said of just always I'll just do that now and not maybe doing what I should be prioritizing because I'm just trying to do something so being really structured and separating the two I think has been really important to me and um it's not always easy. Sometimes, you know, it'll be right. Mila's having a nap. Now I've got an hour to do something. Or she, if she wakes up after 30 minutes, I don't have an hour to do something. And then I've got to find time later in the day to do that. But I've kind of accepted that's the way it goes. And I know now I will always plan my weeks and they will never go exactly to that plan. That's not how life works. This week, for example, um, my little boys had a sickness bug and was off school with it. So straight away, I'm not going to do that work that I'd scheduled to do while he's poorly. That for me is a non-negotiable. My children being ill will always come first. I'm not going to be sat on my laptop doing that. Like, and, and I think I'm lucky enough to be able to choose that because yes, it means I have to work harder this weekend. But for me, that's a sacrifice I want to make. And that will always come first. But I think actually accepting that whilst I make these plans, they're not always going to go to plan. And most weeks they don't. I take that pressure off a little bit but I never feel guilty now of thinking I should be working when I'm with the kids or I should be with the kids when I'm working because I've really put a very solid plan in place I also think I'm probably 
life is slightly different in the fact that I'm a co-parent so I do have time I have you know a couple of days a week where I don't have the children so for me what works is I would rather do maybe 10 hour days on those days and get as much done as I can as possible um and it means that I have to sacrifice less time in the week and you know, I work a lot of evenings I do work early mornings sometimes but also that's something I used to try and force and I've realized I'm not really a morning person there are some people that can get up at 5am and work for two hours before the kids wake up good for you if that works absolutely do it. it's amazing what you can do but I that hasn't worked for me and I don't feel guilty and I would much rather work but from the kids are in bed maybe seven eight o'clock at night till 11 o'clock at night if that's what works for me that's when my mind is most active but I have put that plan in place and I have separated the two very much but I think it does come with a level of accepting that it's not always going to be like that but you have to know what you're willing to sacrifice and what your priorities are so having a really clear structure and a knowledge of what you want and how you want to run your business um I think is really important but also being quite strict on that structure and having those really specific boundaries set in place of I will do this then I won't do that then and yes that's always going to chop and change I might have to add in an extra hour here and there but I think for me, the whole point in running a business and running my own business is that I do get to say when I want to work. So I'm finishing and I'm having some time off for Christmas because I said to myself, look, if I work for myself, if I can't choose when I get time off, what's the point in even doing that? Like, surely that should be a boundary for me that I'm allowed to set of, do you know what, this is the time I need to recuperate. And the Christmas is a really special time of year for me. And I want to fully enjoy all of that. And actually that does require some time off, even when I don't have my children, because that requires time for me to think, oh, I want to wrap my Christmas presents and do X, Y, and Z. And whether it's maybe a birthday or whatever time of year you enjoy and the things you do enjoy, having that balance means prioritizing things that don't look like work it means prioritizing things that you don't necessarily think are going to help you move forward in your business but are often the most productive and that's something I wasn't very good of and I think it's more important possibly to do that when you do have children because your life outside of work is already very hectic your life outside of work is already determined on I'm caring for other people. So prioritizing the time for yourself and not being afraid to take time off your business, not trying to cram a million things in to all of the time every single day of the week, which I think is a real temptation, is I just think the, be the best way. And I've learned through failure <laughs> at doing that and massively burning myself out. And Sam has seen that, I think, at the times where I've been like, oh, I've got too much to do and now I'm not coping and now I'm poorly because I've you know got to a point where I can't cope with it. So I think having balance for me is about being very structured, separating being a mum and my job as much as I can, working out what my priorities are and really not being afraid to say, look, sick children come first. This is a non-negotiable for me. No phones on this, day. whatever it is, know what my priorities are, because if I don't know what they are, how can I stick to them? Be really structured with it. Make sure that you're putting boundaries in place and plans in place, but also kind of accepting that it's not always going to go to plan. I'll always find a way to work it out if I can. And it's okay to take time to rest. It's okay to take time off my work and do things that don't immediately feel productive, but I know actually in the long run are going to make me a better mum and are going to make me a better businesswoman. Mm. And it, it comes down to just actually, I think just being really strict on that. And in my case, practicing what I preach and just thinking, do you know what? It's okay to prioritize yourself because at the front of your business and at the front of your parenting is you 
So if you're not prioritizing you, how do you expect to succeed at either of those things? Mm. The thing that I picked up on most, which actually is really important, is even even if the plan doesn't go to plan, the plan is the reason that you then know what you're doing next. So you have this plan for the week. But for example, let's say when Ezra's ill, rather than going into a state of panic and frenzy and catastrophizing, nothing will get done. I don't know what, how am I going to do all of this? I've got no time. Like, what am I going to be doing? All that happens is you look at that plan and you find other windows of time to get that done. So having the plan almost takes one element of the panic and the chaos when it does come, because of course it does, out of the equation, because you're now not thinking, what am I doing? Because you've got the plan. It's just about when can I now execute it? Because I can't do it today because of X, Y, and Z. A hundred percent. I think plans... I think we've got plans wrong and we look at them as like this restrictive. It's the same as goal setting. Like if I set a goal to earn 15,000 pounds and I earn 14 and a half and I don't celebrate that, you're doing goals wrong. Like it's it's the same with a plan. The plan is my guide for the week. It helps me get all the things out of my head onto a piece of paper so I know what I'm doing. And like you said, when I know it doesn't go to plan because of this has cropped up, I'm not feeling great or whatever it is. I still know what I need to do. And it, I, like you say, find that window of time. I move it to next week. I've always read, um, I read a book called Eat That Frog and it was really helpful. And I do plan in things that I know aren't important. So I plan in procrastination. That's one of the things he talks about to do. And I, I know what the important tasks I need to do and I know what ones can be sacrificed. And I think it's good to have things that I can move around. I go, actually, do you know what, right? That can go to next Saturday and I can put in something that came in earlier in the week. I can fit that in this Saturday and get that done. So yeah, I think plans can feel restrictive if you allow them to put pressure on you. But if you see it as a guide and like keep keeping a mental note of the things you do need to do and just making life easier when you come to replanning it. You know, Sunday's my replan day and I really enjoy that. I'm like, okay, what didn't I do this week? It's not a failure that I didn't do that. Shit cropped up. People were ill, had stuff to do. That was more important. That's one of my priorities. That would always come first. That's okay. And I just schedule it into the next one. And I enjoy that process. It's become a ritual for me and something that actually takes the pressure off rather than puts the pressure on. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think actually a lot of time we we make the plan the problem. But as soon as you have a plan, you know, you have a guide. Like you said, there's a rough way to to manipulate time and pockets of time without then having to think about what you do. So then you end up doing half of this, half of that, half of the other, and then nothing actually gets done. So you're at, you're worse off because you've used the time you did have not to complete anything. So yeah, I, I really love that. Okay, and from that then, because I feel like this leads on quite nicely, so I'm going to skip point two and go to three and come back to two, but compartmentalizing. So a lot of women, more so, and of course, I know this is a general statement, but from being in the space where I spend 90% of my time with women, most women I, I speak to do have this challenge to separate, you know, from the emotional responsibilities even with clients. So, you know, being a mum, you you tend to have that caring maternal instinct. And sometimes that then transfers into clients and wanting to make sure that they do get the results or they do feel better or it does change and really taking on that burden of responsibility. 
Um, so the same as with your children, but also with your clients that can happen. And I've seen it manifest for people. They really go above and beyond for their clients because they want it to work and they, they can see what's going on and they really try and overcompensate. So I thought it's important to mention this because it's a trait that women can have. And even with partners or family members, we, we want to rescue people. We want to help others. And sometimes that is at the detriment of ourselves. You've mentioned it in terms of being strict with the boundaries between when you are with the kids and when you are working but from a space of compartmentalizing um, and really thinking about ourselves and our own practices with that how, what would you say to someone that maybe does find it hard to not always be the savior or not always feel like they have to fix everything for everyone else or do you know what I mean get that validation from others because they want people to feel better they want it to work but at the same time they're misplacing their attention they're not getting any of that they're not having any of that time because they're just trying to save everyone else um, how would you create some practices or talk to that this idea of compartmentalizing um I think there's a couple of things to mention so the first is that um you're always gonna I don't think you get rid of those mummy emotions and I, I'm always a mum regardless of when I'm working I'm still a mum like that is me and that's a huge part of who I am but one of the ways that I think is easier is I do see the person that I am as a different person so I have a version of me who is the businesswoman and being um quite clear with that has allowed me to kind of it's like stepping into those shoes when I'm working and she is a slightly you know I'm a very soft, um, cuddly person, but I also, you know, I talk about a lot, like I'm a bad bitch. Like, so I don't fuck about. And my style of coaching is I, and I think I've had to create this as maybe a little bit of a coping mechanism as well. So that I don't get, just like you said, that kind of savior. I want to do this for you. Cause it's so easy. I'm, I'm a mum. I want to take care of you. I want to do all those things. You ask my partner, <laughs> I'm like the, I, I'm doing everything for everyone. And I really enjoy that part, but I've realized I can't do that in my business. And it's very different. So I've had to create this version of me that my approach to it is no bullshit. It is your responsibility. It's you have to take ownership of what you're doing. And I can't hold your hand through all of this. My job is to support you and encouraging, encourage you. But one of the things I tell my clients as well is like, I will lovingly, throw you out of your comfort zone <laughs> like I'm not here to do this for you and when you get the results it's because you do the work not for me and the reason I was able to make that shift in my mind like it's it's my job to care for my clients but it's not my job to do this for them and to take that responsibility is to say to myself and create a belief around it that I would be doing them a disservice if I did that because there's a big difference between giving somebody the tools to do something and doing it for them mm -hmm. and I think giving somebody the tools I was just talking to a client about this today she's nearly finished with her coaching and I said how do you feel knowing that yes we've gone through these processes together but you have everything with you now that you can take away and do it yourself you know how these processes work inside and out now because the whole point is just like when you go to a personal trainer you don't go to a personal trainer for 20 years you, you learn what you're supposed to be doing and how the gym works how your body works the best way to do the exercises it's the same with a coach and so I've seen it as actually if I try to take on the responsibility of my clients and their results all the time and step too much into that mum kind of side if I want to look after you 
I'm doing them a disservice and I've had to create that belief around it so that I'm able to keep that distance from it because also I think become I've always been a very emotional person but I think becoming a mum definitely made me more emotional and more um just you just step into that slightly different side of you there's a side that you didn't know was there because of course you didn't you weren't a parent before like it's just different it's one of the different experiences of life and so I think especially given the fact I work with women who generally they come to me and they feel like shit (laughs) you know you don't come and have self-love coaching if you feel good about yourself it's not really how it works so it's very easy to get emotionally attached to that and I definitely I have a cry when my clients leave of course I do like I and I think I'm really proud of them when they you know achieve things and I see them thriving and doing better but to understand that my job is to look after them but not to do this for them and to not fall into that trap because that doesn't serve anybody it doesn't serve me because I can't emotionally physically do that with my time I can't give just like I spoke about before with balance when you try and give everything to everyone you sort of half-ass it all you don't you're not able to to do everything amazingly and one of the things you said to me is everything I do I do amazingly and I use that all the time if I'm being a mum I'm not on my phone I'm not working I put all my attention into that if I'm watching Netflix the candles are on slippers are on blankets you know no for all of those things everything I do I do amazingly doesn't matter whether it's work rest play parenting whatever but I think having that understanding that you know what I want the best for my clients so the best for them is to not take over what they're doing and do it for them but instead it's just keep out of that trap yes I'm going to be emotionally invested because I care and there's always going to be that caring side of me I'm always going to be a mum whether I'm working whether I'm not But being able to have that slightly separate mindset of this is businesswoman Rosie and this is what she's like is a a good way. I think I've created that kind of separation between work and home life, but also to understand and create that belief that, you know what, I want to serve my clients best. And what serves them best is not doing this process for them, but is giving them the tools and teaching them and ensuring they take responsibility. Because what's more empowering than thinking, you know what, I did this. Yes, somebody gave me the tools to do it, but wow, I did this. I made myself feel better. I actually put the work in, you know, coaching's like whatever type of coaching you do, what you put into it is what you get out of it. And that's the most important lesson I think as well to learn is I can do these things. And the knowledge and the confidence that comes with that is the biggest gift you can give your client is understanding that they can do whatever you're teaching them, showing them, helping them with. So you don't want to do that for them. And keeping that boundary and that separation then between work, home, parenting, all of those different things allows you to be in a stable place emotionally and ensure you are giving everything to each of those areas of your life because you're not over giving in any area but also that you're doing the best for your clients yeah I completely agree with all of that I think it's so important to remember that um, we have to create empowered conversations and empowered experiences for women and when we do go into that savior mode we're doing two things one almost telling them we don't trust them enough to do it on their own but two not trusting ourselves that what we say is enough so there's this real distrust that comes with with that and I think you're right because even when you think about with with children the reason that we would stop them from doing something is a lot of the time due to our own our own thoughts so whether it is we like to have control 
where you know we feel anxious we want to make sure we know what's going on and that that can then very much spill out then with clients so it becomes a lot more about us and our needs than it does about the child or the client and it's you know this would be easier for me I'll just show you I'll just show you how to do it let's just do this together so I really like that you've said this is not about leaving someone in a situation where they still can't do it on their own that's not independence it's not empowering for anyone and we wouldn't want that for our child like don't worry you don't need to walk I'll just walk with you everywhere and I'll tell you where to go and then they're like 10 years old and they can't walk like that's just not that would never happen it's the same with our clients then or like you said with the PT you wouldn't go to a PT and they'd be like I'll just do the exercise for you I'll show you and you can watch we'd never get anywhere so yeah I completely agree with that um do you think then and I think this is a really good question because especially in the online space and again whatever your business whether you are a PT a graphic designer photographer coach therapist you know in the service-based industry I'm talking to the online space especially for a woman can be really hard when you do have multiple personas because you'll see other women in business some that have kids that talk about them all the time and their kids are a really big part of their social media and you know they're breastfeeding or they're doing all this stuff some that are do have children, but they don't put them online and some that have a bit of a blend of both. And then you're kind of there thinking, well, how should I be doing this? And what type of mum that runs a business should I be? Should I be the one that's just sharing everything? The one that's sharing nothing, the one that's sharing bits and then what bits, you know, how, what, what does that even look like? Um, And I definitely think that the, that can be a really difficult place to navigate because ultimately you have a service-based business. So you are, talking about your services so you you do want to bring yourself into it but have you found being a mum has impacted the way that you do market in your business or show up or think about business and how you work as a businesswoman I I think this is a really it's interesting that this question has come up as well because this is something I've had to think a lot about recently and something I've really struggled with because I think um on a slight tangent but it's relevant I sometimes feel like people often feel they're entitled to know everything about you because you're your brand Mm. so obviously being a coach I tell you a lot about my life and I tell you a lot about my experiences but one thing as I get older and as I as more things you know develop in my personal life I don't want to share the ins and outs of everything I want to share what's relevant to my story and to to show you that this is how I've overcome these things. And yes, sometimes I will show you the bad days and sometimes I'll show you the good. But I've massively felt um, kind of a struggle with social media at the moment. And social media is my main marketing. Um, where I'm like, how do I strike that balance of I need to show parts of my life, but there are also I deserve to have privacy. And I I am my business, but I also have to understand I'm not my business. Yeah. And you are entitled to know everything. And I think... Um, it's something I've struggled with throughout and it's actually something that's changed. So I've always been a mum since I started my business. I started my business uh, when Mila was six weeks old. I was literally breastfeeding her when I signed up to do my coaching program. And I was like, you know, so they, and my kids are massive drivers in my business. One of the biggest drivers for me to feel better about myself was my children. And I thought I never want my children to feel like they're not worthy or I never want them to you know, make decisions because they don't think they deserve to be happy or they, you know, doing what's best for everybody else. So they've always been a massive driver. So they're a very important part of my story. And with my clients, it's definitely something I talk about a lot because, you know, 
I'm also have that boundary with my clients. My clients understand my children will always come first. And part of running my own business is that they're a priority and that's how it works. You know, I've just signed a new client and she was asking about availability. I said, these are the days that I work. I, I see clients face to face when I don't have my children. That's it. And that's a non-negotiable for me. And that's that's always how it's worked um, because it is about having balance. And that's a priority of mine. But I think personally, when it comes to sharing social media and children on my social media, interestingly, I find that I used to share a lot more just because, for example, they'd happen to be in the background and, and naturally things have changed. So in, in that um, Ezra is now at school, so he's not here as much if I'm filming, you know, and, and he might be there. Um, Mila is still here a lot of the time because she's so little. So obviously she's not at school or nursery or anything like that. Um, but I get so much more engagement when I do put my children on social media, which I think is really interesting. I'd say in the past six months, I've probably put them on there maybe twice. And every time people always react to it, because I think people feel like they're getting something from you that is what's more personal than your children. And that it, it's it's a but I feel very vulnerable when I do that. And I and I always have that question of like, do I want to put them on there? And is it fair for me to put them on there? So for me personally, I don't do it. I don't think of just how I have envisioned my business. And it, like I said, it's something I never used to think about. They definitely used to be on there because they'd always be there. They're always at the house, you know? And I maybe it's because I structure it a lot differently now in that I do work a lot less when the children are around because that has, I've been able to make that shift. So naturally it has, has come away, but it's also something that I have just, as my business has grown, I have worries about social media and I just don't want my children out there, you know? Like I just don't, it's just, the more I think about it, it's not something I want to do. I don't think they get an option um you know because they're too little and and I just think it's just not something that works for me but I definitely have grappled with like oh should you know people definitely feel entitled to see that part of your life and especially for someone who I personally don't use social media so I only use it for my business I have a private Instagram account I just deleted Facebook because I just couldn't be bothered with it um I very rarely post on my private social media and sometimes I get people who want to follow my private social media from my public one. And I think, no, <laughs> like, no, you, you don't need that part of my life to know what I'm like in my business. I, I That's how I feel. Yeah. Whilst it's absolutely a part of who I am and I will always talk about it. For me, I feel like it's something that I want to keep private in terms of just pictures of them and sharing that, you know, I always talk about them. And I think there's a big difference between talking about them and showing them. And for me, it's something I've definitely ebbed and flowed with and thought about a lot. And I think there's no wrong or right approach to it. Um, but I think me personally, it's something I've decided I don't think is just part of, I don't think people are entitled to that part of my life. And I'm okay with saying that. Yeah. Like you're not entitled to all of me. And that's something I've had to realize. And as my business has grown, it is up to me what I share and what I don't share. I don't need to tell you the ins and outs of everything you're not entitled or you don't have to know all of that but people will always feel that they do mm -hmm. and it's actually I think harder if you have shared those things and then you stop sharing people see it as like well oh hang on you told us that before so we yeah. want to know that now. and I'm like no I'm not going to talk about certain things but don't I would say don't be afraid to say no I'm not doing this or ever feel that you have to share certain things that you don't want to at the end of the day 
there's no right or wrong way to run a business and when you're a mom you have to think about yourself and your children and you have to do what feels right for you and I don't know how you feel about this because obviously you're about to enter into this zone of oh well I'm having a baby and you're probably thinking am I going to share this and and I don't know I'd be interested to see what your views are on it but I don't think there's a right or a wrong way I don't think there's one way that's better than the other but finding what feels good to you I think is important because otherwise you end up in a spot exactly like I did recently and it wasn't just in relation to parenting it was kind of all aspects of my life where I was like I don't want to go on social media because I don't want to feel like I have to share everything and I think finding that balance that feels good to you not what you think you should do is probably the most important part when you're making that decision yeah and this is actually really linked to the final question I've got for you I actually think it's a self-care practice for me having uh, privacy and um, I would say a lot of uh, the entire time I've had my business I'm very very open but I'm also very private my social life has never been on my social media my friends what I do in my free time never ever has that featured I might share the odd picture of what I'm doing but never with who I'm doing it I'll never reshare when my friends have tagged me from their personal accounts. The only faces people would see is Vinny, my dog, and Luke. Um, every now and then, I might, you know, if I see my brother. But yeah, I'm quite, I'm, I am quite a private person. And since being pregnant, a lot of people online have asked where my due date is, and I've not shared it. But no one knows my due date. I haven't even told my NCT group. Like I'm very. Uh, particular about things that I would choose to share for that reason I think that's a self-care practice for me my life needs to be mine and how I live my life needs to be mine and I'm very I am very mindful of other people's opinions and how much I open myself up to receive and exactly like you said if I was to start sharing where my due date is I would have hundreds of people reaching out saying well you're going to be late or you're going to be early or have you had anything any news has she come yet what's going on blah 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 blah, blah. Uh, that is not helpful for me in terms of from boundaries self-care you know so I think what you're saying about what you choose to share and how you share it I'm in the completely the same vein as that and I think it is about self-care because as soon as you do share you are changing your own boundaries and if that boundary becomes overwhelming or you feel like you have lost a bit of your privacy or yourself that's that is very difficult because there's already enough of you going around you know looking after your kids looking after your partners your friends your family looking after your clients then looking after your business looking after social media your community there has to be things that are separate so no I definitely will not be uh sharing the baby on the internet um obviously the odd thing I might you know her foot or her hand or stuff but her face will definitely not feature um and also because there's just so many people on the internet pretending and impersonating and you know and exactly the same as you you have to think of the other people in the situation and the other parent and there's a lot to be said for how much people already know you know they already know quite a lot so yeah I think that's a which is really good like I said segue for this whole idea of self-care and I think being brave enough to decide what you're open to receive, what you're not open to receive, the energy that you want, the energy you don't want is such a, an amazing decision to make. And even perfect example, when we first went to an NCT class, and I'll be the first to admit, we're paying to make friends, you know, we're not really paying for the information. 
Um, so, you know, we're sort of there for the people. And um, we all had to get into a line of our due date. And Luke and I were first, bearing in mind I lied about my due date, um, which I do to everyone. Um, so I, I, said, I said, said the due date, I lied about the due date, and we were first. We would still be first even without lying. It was only a couple of days. And uh, we went round and she was giving her feedback on these due dates. So everyone in there is between December and February, you know, so most people are the December, start of January vibes. So she was giving her feedback on, um, she pointed to one half of the group, which was the latter half. And she said, oh, your babies are gonna really thank you because you're you're missing out on the Christmas, New Year, due date situation. So they're gonna love it and they're gonna have a separate birthday and it's gonna be great. And then she came around and pointed at Luke and I and said, however, for you two, and I said, I've got to stop you there. I'm not available for this energy. Oh, yes you did yeah and I put my finger up and I thought I was seething Rosie I was absolutely seething I thought I've never met you before I'm in a room full of strangers and I know what you're about to do you're about to tell me that I could have a Christmas baby or I could have a new year baby or, or whatever she was going to say you know there was going to be some kind of stipulation to contradict what she's just said to the other half of the room um, anyway, Luke just looked at me because he thought, I can't believe this. I cannot believe she's, she's she's trying to do that. But I could have then thought to myself, was I rude? Oh, did that come across wrong? And I thought, right, well, hang on a minute. This is, it, it'd be the same in business, but this is my body, my life, my baby, my experience. You are not going to penetrate my energy field with this hypothetical, because of course it's hypothetical. No one knows when she's going to come including me. So why would we bring that in? And it's the same with business. If you then choose not to share certain things, people don't have access to permission from you to give you. So as soon as you give for it, and it could be anything, you could say, you know, oh, my child's ill. Everyone else will reply, me too, me too, me too. My kid's got this, my kid's got that, my kid's got the other, because you've opened that gate. So I think having, whether it is with your children or your partner or your life or whatever you choose to do, having that separation from what you share and what you don't share is one of the most vital things you can do for your self-care and protection. I completely agree with you. I hundred percent. And as a as a mother of a child who was born a couple of days after Christmas, I could not be more angry for you. <laughs> um, <with that laughs> honestly, absolutely. Oh my god. Yeah, but honestly. What was your actual due date? New Year's Eve. Oh, so th 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 was it Ezra or Amila? Ezra, yeah. He was early. born early, yeah. But I remember everyone, Christmas Day, Christmas Day, Christmas Day. I was just like, and also Christmas was a, what I think this also doesn't take into account is if you've had struggles getting pregnant, which I did and I know you have as well, I found that quite stressful to then have people commenting about even oh, just the, yeah. that generally. And for me, I had had a miscarriage before I had Ezra and my miscarriage happened at the same time I had Ezra. So it happened at the same time as my due date. So it was a really funny time of year for me. And the last fucking thing I wanted to be talking about yeah. was people. Me. I just thought like, exactly like you. Unfortunately, I was definitely not in the mindset with him where I felt empowered enough to sort of tell people I was, uh, I was really struggling with anxiety, but I think it, this, like you say, it's when you put that information out there and I'm, I am much more selective about what I put out there. Some things I'm happy to, some things I'm not. And I, I'd say it in a, maybe a non-specific way or just give the information that 
I will and I'm prepared to and I'm not but I think like you say that's you you have to think about what you're opening yourself up to it's not just you give information it's then absolutely everything else that comes with it and people do have a sense of entitlement but there's nothing more empowering than setting those own boundaries for yourself and situations just like you at that NCT of going unapologetically saying no sorry like I'm not available for this you don't get to have this she was shocked I, I I know it took her back but I just thought we're not setting we're not stepping into that boundary that's just not happening no and like that how like you say you have that thought where you go oh god was that rude and whatever and actually is it rude of her it's rude of her to say what she's saying and there's nothing rude about honoring your own personal boundaries and if anything I think that's an essential skill to have when you are the face of your business and when you run your own business generally but I think especially when there's a very personal element to what you do and it requires you to share that you have to share parts of your life I think being very sure and being unapologetic about your boundaries is a a definitely an act of self-care and and an essential one I think Mm. yeah and I think as well on that when it comes to self-care a bit like everything you said there is not one way to do any of this so it can become you never want to be dictating so this is what's happened for me and this is what I'm doing. It's more, here are some options. And I think if you do keep things a bit more general, like you said, and keep things a bit more broad, you also allow people to find what works for them, you know, like different ideas. And I think that's super important. And yeah, I would definitely, okay, perfect. Anyway, I could talk about this all day, to be honest. But yeah, that was that, that was probably the most recent example of me thinking to myself. And, and you know, because a few people have said, oh, you know, you're a bit precious about it. And I said, well... It's exactly like you said, it's taken me six years to get to this point. The last thing I want is for people to give me opinions that can't be proven. Like, of course, I'm happy for a but you know, oh, you'll be late. Oh, you'll be early. Oh, you'll need this, you'll need that. And I'm like, no one knows any of this. So we end up having a conversation about things that are just not, could happen or could not happen. And, you know, both of us, we're really into our energy, spirituality, like law of attraction, manifesting. I've done a lot of work on making sure that this has been an experience I wanted you know, I've, I've actually enjoyed being pregnant. I've had no issues. No, I've had no, nothing, no side effects, absolutely nothing. It's been a breeze. Um, and of course, I know that's not the case for everyone, but for me, it's been a dream. But I know a lot of that is my mindset, my choices, the way I'm choosing to live, the energy, the people I'm around, the environments, but, and also keeping that offline, you know, keeping that away from, um, public eye, I guess. And I mean, I'm not even a celebrity. Do you know what I mean? I don't know how I deal with it, but if you were to before we round up because we could just talk about this all day but on the on the idea then of this whole self-care and and putting yourself first and you've touched on it in terms of how do you keep yourself for yourself and give yourself that time do you have any simple self-care practices that do allow you to embody this now and embody who you want to be and look after yourself and nurture your needs and make sure that you aren't doing things that you don't want or you're overcompensating you're over delivering and you just sort of come back to center 100 percent um spending time alone has been something that i've figured out is really important for me um and as somebody that has always got validation from other people has always very much felt like i need to be somebody's something um or whether that's a mom whether that's a partner like whether it's a daughter a friend i need somebody to be validating that i'm okay part of my own self-worth journey has very much been spending time alone and I think for me when it comes to running my business it kind of has like a double 
you know benefit to it and it allows me to get back and reflect on how am I feeling about everything I'm doing right now do I feel like this is too much because sometimes when you're in it it just takes removing yourself from it to be able to look at it more objectively you know like for example with my clients sometimes you find it hard to think about yourself but if I say to you okay imagine your friend was telling you they felt this way how easy would it be for you to to, you'd see that totally differently and I think when you're in a business it's very easy to get absorbed in it especially when you're a mom and you're trying to balance all that other stuff like we spoke about earlier so for me spending time alone doesn't even have to be a long time but a spending time alone because I know I enjoy it I know it's good for me I know it builds my relationship with myself and I get a stronger sense of self from it as well as relaxing of when I'm generally by myself, I'm doing something that's relaxing, but also allow myself to remove myself from the situation so I can assess it. Like, am I enjoying this? Am I still enjoying what I do? Is a question I ask myself all the time. Because a big priority for me is if I'm going to spend possibly more hours working than I would if I had a full-time job, like for somebody else, I need to enjoy this. So checking in with myself all the time, do I still enjoy what I do? Do I still feel... I'm giving everything to it that I can do I still want to give everything I was I was talking to a client recently we were talking about taking inspired action how things have got to feel good to you you know the more you try and force something if I tell you meditation is great and you should do it for an hour a day if you fucking hate meditation it's probably not going to help you that much Mm. doing things that feel good are important but if you're not in touch with how you feel about something how can you know if it feels good to you and there's going to be hard steps that you have to take so you've got to really make sure that you want it so all the time I ask myself am I still enjoying this is is because for me that's really important that I enjoy my job yesterday I had a stressful day I saw two clients and by the end of it I felt a million times better that Mm. for me the fact that I come away from my work feeling better is a really good sign that I'm still enjoying what I'm doing but taking time away by myself to assess that is for me an act of self-care to make sure that I'm keeping myself in a place where I enjoy what I do I'm prepared to give it my all I'm prepared to make the sacrifices that I have to make for my business because there are sacrifices you have to make. Same with jobs, but different ones. So definitely taking time alone to just be by myself because I know that works for me and finding out that also helps me find out what works for me. I've only ever really found out what builds my relationship with myself by building a relationship with myself. So if you don't spend time alone, I would say that's an essential act of self-care. Work out what you like and what you don't, but also spending that time away from your business, looking at it from an outside perspective to reset and ask yourself, am I still enjoying this? Is this what I want to do? Um, I also think realistically for somebody that spends a lot of time on their phone, I try and have time where I'm not on my phone. And actually I think that's easier as a parent sometimes because you can have the double meaning of, I don't want to be on my phone when the kids are around. And so having scheduled time where I'm not checking my messages and I'm not, you know, away from Instagram, away from my business. Um, but also just doing things and prioritizing stuff that lights me up and I know that makes me feel good like I said at the very beginning of this my business doesn't run without me my parenting (laughs) doesn't work without me like the the common denominator here is me so if I am not prioritizing how I feel about myself and how I feel about my business I'm not going to be able to thrive in all of those areas and you're juggling more you know you've got parenting I've got life generally friends family all the different things and my business so trying to make sure that me who is at the center of that feels okay so that I can serve all of those things best and like I think the best like I always say the easiest people to work with and the ones I love working with are mums because you always have the biggest motivation going a mum will do anything for their kids 
So for me, at the times where I find it hard to prioritize myself, I use this reminder of my pe- my kids get a better version of me when I prioritize myself. Mm. So yes, I need to do it for me, but I need to do it for them as well. And if you ever worry, if you're the kind of person that sits and thinks, I can't take time off my business because it doesn't exist with me, or I can't have five minutes to myself because you know I need to be playing this board game with the kids, whatever, you can go and play the board game in a minute, but you're going to feel better if you have the five minutes, if that option is there for you to take it and they're going to get a better version of you. Mm. If you're the kind of person that finds it hard to prioritize yourself because you think it's selfish, it's the most selfless thing you'll ever do. The people in your life get a better, happier, more loving version of you when you feel better about yourself. Your business thrives when you feel better about yourself. Your friendships are better when you work on your insecurities and they don't trigger you when they are doing or being or saying certain things comes back to something I use all the time and if people haven't heard of it go and listen to the full video because it's amazing it's Wayne Dyer talking about orange juice if you squeeze an orange juice you're only ever going to get orange juice out of it never apple juice never tomato juice doesn't matter if you squeeze it I squeeze it the Pope squeezes it like who cares you can only get orange juice because that's what's inside you're the same so if you're full of self-love you're feeling nurtured, you're feeling, you're having these conversations with yourself. Yeah, I love my business. I feel good about this. I know what I need to do. I've got my plans in place. I'm okay. That's what you pour out into everyone else. If you're coming from a place of burnout, insecurity, unhappiness, I don't even know if I can do this. I'm not worthy enough. That's what you pour into your business. Mm. I don't want to go into my clients with them feeling that energy that I'm not worthy enough. So it's important for my business that I take time out for myself. It's important for my children that I take time out for myself so I think I love that (laughs) sorry I went I was like getting passionate then getting all ranty about it but spend time alone because building a relationship with yourself is important and it allows you to reflect on your business asking yourself that question am I enjoying this I do that all the time step out of it it's very easy to be absorbed by life generally because you're in it and it feels very you know full-on all the time so if you can just take a step back and spend time alone then do that do the things that light you up, you know, do what, know what makes you feel good and prioritize yourself because it, it's not selfish, it's selfless. And every other area definitely thrives when you do that. Everyone benefits, not just you. Mm. I love that. And I love the orange juice theory. So good. I use it all the time. Even, even when people, I think I talk about it with my clients, if somebody is nasty to you, or someone says, oh, that person triggers me. It's like, well, they can't trigger something that's not inside. So that's inside you. That's what comes out. So the you know, idea of projecting, you know, 99% of the time, people are squirting their orange juice on you. So when they say horrible shit to you, it's because of their own issues. And obviously there's a level of self-awareness that is also important with self-love is to know actually, oh, am I being that way? Or am I that kind of person? But again, if you know yourself well enough, you know what you are and what you aren't. And, mm. but most of the time it's people that, you know, people that are happy don't go around slagging other people off or bringing other people down. People that are unhappy do that. So you can understand, you know what, that's your orange juice, not mine. And all I can focus on is making sure my orange juice is sweet. It is nutritious. It is juicy. It is amazing because I feel good about myself. That's what I put out into the world. I love that. Okay. I'm going to put your Instagram handle um, with the show notes because that's where everyone can find everything, isn't it? Like, you know, your website, your services, your freebies, all the juicy stuff. All there, yeah amazing thank you so much for spending this time with us thank you for having me
Oh, I've loved it. And um, yeah, like I said to everyone, I'll put Rosie's handle so you can stalk her and see all that juicy good stuff from what she's doing and, you know, all of the amazing support that you could have. But yeah, I've loved having this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. You can stalk me, but don't expect any oversharing now. <laughs> <laughs>